Hey, I'm Pastor Paul Watson, and you're listening to the official podcast of the Downtown Vineyard Church. At DTV Church, we're followers of Jesus, and we believe that relationships are holy and that God loves everyone. We are so excited that you're a part of our online community of faith, and from wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message this week. All right, good morning. Good morning, you guys doing all right? Good, I'm going to ask for your forgiveness right out of the gate. I've got a little head cold, and it's moved into my chest, and so I cough every now and then. And uh, how, how hard is that to speak in front of a group of people when you're just coughing? And so uh, I might make jokes along the way, so we'll do, our, we'll do okay. So you get subdued Paul this morning, so he doesn't try to amp it up this morning. But I hope you guys are doing okay. Hey, we're going to do a lot of scripture today. Before we get there, I just, uh, remember, I, I told you earlier this month, I said, uh, the month of November, I'm just going to remind you of things, right? I'm going to remind you of things. And so in the month of November, the first thing I want to remind you of is next week is our uh, One Day to Feed the World campaign. And what this is, is we're asking that you'd pray about participating um, in uh, giving one day's wage, one day's wage to uh, an organization we love to support called Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is a, a, a wonderful organization that partners with the Vineyard. And anytime there's a disaster, they're a disaster relief organization, and they just move right in. They were the very first organization to move into Florida. When, when we had the hurricanes in Florida, they were the very first uh, organization. They're feeding 50,000 people a day right now. And, uh, and so this is an organization that we love. Uh, they were one of the very first organizations in Ukraine. Uh, as, as Ukraine poured into Poland, Convoy of Hope mobilized a whole group of people that went, um, pastors and church volunteers, who went right into Poland and started feeding and helping serve the refugees of Ukraine. We love this organization. Uh, they also partner with us. They're in El Salvador. They feed a million children a day. And so we, we love this organization. So next week we'll be taking an offering. You should have walked through. You should have got a little packet that tells about Convoy of Hope. You should have received a little white, off, a little white, white envelope. Um, and the goal is this. You just figure out how much money you, your particular job, whatever you do, you make in one day, and we're going to give one day's wage um, and do that support. And then Jul- January 1st, we have a couple changes we're making. So just, just as a reminder, as a church, I just want us to all be on the same page. January 1st, we're going to have two changes we're going to, um, you're going to begin to experience as a church. The first change is this, is that on January 1st, we, have, we are coming alongside Vineyard Community Church. In January 1st, Vineyard Community Church on Orchard Mesa, right off of Unaweep, will become a campus of the downtown, of downtown Vineyard Church. So if you've ever been driving down Unaweep and you drive down by this white kind of Baptist-looking chapel, that's a Vineyard Church. It's been there for about 10, about 10 years, and, um, and this, they've asked if they could come alongside, and that they would kind of come up underneath us as a campus. And so Kevin and Missy McPhail are going to head up that campus. We're super excited. We believe this. We believe that new campuses and new churches are the very, very, very best way that people come to know Jesus. They're also another way that people who um, have gifts say, hey, I would like to participate. I'd like to play there. And so it allows us to raise up more leaders, more teams. It allows us to uh, drive some excitement around, some energy around that church. And we're going to see that church begin to grow and uh, super excited about that. Their services will be the same time as ours at 10 a.m., but that's going to start January 1st. And then um, January 1st, we're going to flip the script on this service. This service is going to, we're going to make a tweak to it. I really do believe, 
My number one goal is that you would encounter Jesus. I believe this. If you were to walk your faith back at the moment that you had a, a moment with Jesus where you surrendered your life to Jesus, there's something interesting that you'll find. You may not remember the circumstances. You may not remember the church service you might have been in. You might have done it with a friend or a family member. But there's a moment where you gave your life to Jesus. And if you were sitting in a church service and some pastor said, hey, today's the day, give your life to Jesus. That day you might have raised your hand. You might have walked an aisle. You might have been at a church camp, right? You probably don't remember the message, but you do remember the encounter. I believe the number one thing that people need to experience are regular encounters with God, like regular encounters with God. We want you to experience God, and we want you to experience God, regular encounters with God. So we're going to do something to our services. Instead of having four songs in the beginning, just like we just did, we're going to move those four songs to the back of the service. And we're going to uh, start with the word. We're going to come in with two worship songs. We're going to do our announcements. And then we're going to go into our message. And we're going to let that message drive you into saying, okay, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. And so let's right now, let's just pause and let's just say those, those words. God, I want more of you. I want more of you. All right, here's where we're at today. We're, gonna, we're in this series, it's called Kingdom Culture. The idea behind kingdom culture is that when you gave your life to Jesus, there are certain things that Scripture says that you should be experiencing. There are certain things that you should be experiencing as a Christian. As a believer in Jesus, you should be having experiences that are opposite of the experiences that the world experiences. And so there's this question we've been asking. What should a Christian expect from God? And I love the song that we just sang. We're just saying, Lord, I'm not asking anything, right? I'm not asking anything. Like, well, like, we don't, like, we come before the Lord and we're so humbled and we're so grateful for who God is in our life that there is this piece of humility in the Christian life that says, Lord, I'm not asking anything. But there is another piece that says we should be expecting a whole lot. You guys get that, right? Like, like, not as selfish individuals, but because the kingdom of God promised a whole lot. The kingdom of God has made us promises. And in those promises, those promises should deliver hope. Those promises, that we should be able to come in with those promises and be, be like, I, need to, I need to ramp it back just to hear. I'm going to start coughing. <coughs> but those promises, that God gives us promises, and in those promises, we should be able to come in and say, I'm expecting that, man. I, I expect that God's going to move whenever I pray. I expect that God's going to show up whenever I say, Lord, kingdom come. I expect God to, to, to answer prayers. He says, I can ask him for anything. And so there's these pieces that, that as Christians, what are you expecting from God? Well, I believe this. Last week, we talked about the presence of God. That as a believer in Jesus, man, I hope that each one of you are walking through your life and you're regularly experiencing the presence of God. I cannot imagine being a follower of Jesus and not experiencing the presence of God. I cannot imagine what it would be like that, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12, and hopefully I get to go to heaven when I'm 75. Some of you are like, I'm 75, dude. You needed to pick an older number. Right? But like, like, I hope that's not your experience. 
I hope that you gave your life to Jesus and Jesus just keeps showing up and Jesus just keeps showing up and the Holy Spirit keeps showing up and you keep experiencing the presence of God. I hope that you have regular encounters and regular power encounters. I hope that you understand that God didn't just come, he didn't give, just give you Jesus and then the Holy Spirit and just say, hey, good luck, I hope it goes well for you. The word, one of Jesus' names is the word Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel, literally means the God who's with us. His presence is ever-present. He promised, even when he ascended to heaven, his last words to the disciples were, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so as believers, one of the things that we should be believing is that God has come in power and that he comes in his presence. And so we're going to switch the way we're doing service because I want you to walk in and I want you to experience the presence of God. I want you to experience the presence of God this morning. I want you to long for the presence of God. I want you to be praying for the presence of God. I want you to be as, continually asking for and looking for the physical presence of God. And so today we're going to talk about this promise that God gives us, and it should be a given in the kingdom culture. It's the promise of peace. It's the promise of peace. I bet we could all agree that we live in a world that we don't feel a lot of peace. Watch the news for 20 seconds and you feel anxiety. Oh, is it just me? Just me? And you. Yes. Yes, two of us. Two of us. And a child will lead them. Right? But like, we live in a world that's full of anxiety. We hang around with people who are full of anxiety. And yet, the promise of Scripture is that when you gave your life to Jesus, that a part of the kingdom culture should be that you should walk in peace. Isaiah 9-6 is the prophecy of the coming of Christ. It happens 600 years before the birth of Christ. And it says these words, Isaiah wrote these words, For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Like, that's a powerful promise. People who experience Jesus literally should be people who don't just experience peace, they should be full of peace. And if you're full of Jesus, you should be full of peace. The Hebrew word for peace literally is the word shalom. I love that Jews go around saying that to each other. Shalom. Shalom. We as Christians need to adopt it. Because shalom is literally just, and peace be with you. Then peace would go with you and that you would experience peace, and that Jesus would be with you wherever you go. That you would be people who are full of, and have, and walk in peace. Shalom means to be complete. To be complete. To be lacking nothing. When Jesus came to the world, he came to bring a broken world, a place where they could be made whole again. And literally, Scripture proclaims this. 
would you care if I just read you a whole bunch of peace scriptures? Is that okay? I'm just going to read you just a whole bunch of peace scriptures. How about we start in Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And if you're in the room today and you're feeling anxious, start writing these scriptures down. Because these are going to be your anchor this week. These are, this is how you're going to anchor in your faith this week. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And above all else, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And, and, and let the peace that comes from Christ dwell deep in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Love this one. Hey, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. Let's read Psalms 29.11. The, the Lord blesses his people with peace. Like, like this is a promise. That the people of Jesus are blessed with this supernatural gift. You understand that peace is a supernatural gift from heaven. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalms 85.8, I will listen to what God, the Lord, has said. He has promised peace to, he has promised peace to his people. Romans 15.13, and may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, can you even imagine, this, this passage is literally saying, that God's going to fill you with peace, and that peace is going to flow out of you, and it's going to be a sense of joy and hope for others. Like, that's the way that Christians should live their life. Like, hey, man, I don't know what goes well for you. My family's in chaos. Oh, dude, no, it's the peace of Jesus that rules our family. Like, my, my life's in disorder. What? Like, how do you stay so calm? Like, this thing's going nuts. Oh, it's Jesus. Jesus fills me with peace and hope. And then Micah 5.5 5 says, and he will be their peace. It's just like, just that's the sentence. Who will be their peace? Jesus. And Jesus will be their peace. And so there's this question. Why do so many people struggle with peace? Because the truth is that I, I've been a pastor for 35 years. I sit with believers all the time who do not have peace. That they struggle. Our culture does not have peace. Our society has never known peace. It's full of anxiousness. Like it's full of fear. It's full of worry. People worry about their money, their, their relationships. Uh, we worry about wars right now. We worry about famines. We worry about elections. Sorry, I should not have put that in there. I should have pulled that back. Should have just grabbed that one back out of there. We worry about other, what other people think of us, Right? Have you ever noticed how many Christians don't have peace? Have you ever noticed how many Christians are full of anxiety? Have you ever noticed how many Christians are full of fear? 
Like, we're not talking about non-believers. We're talking about believers who literally are full of anxiousness, full of anxiety, full of, full of fear. And so there's this question. How come so many Christians don't have the peace that God promised? There's another question that if you ask that question, you have to ask the opposite of that question. And the opposite of that question is, what would it take for God to give you the peace that he promised you? What would that take? What would it take for you to walk in the promise of peace in your life? Because Jesus already promised it. What would give you peace of mind? What would give you peace in your soul? What would give you peace of heart? What would give you peace in your home? Here's the good news. The birth of Christ is literally that promise. The birth of Jesus was literally that promise. Let me give you three things this morning. Here's the first thing that I want you to write down. The first thing is this, is that you can expect to have peace with God because God already made peace with you. Do you know that? Everybody's like, okay, i got to make peace with God. Wait, no, 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 wait, wait, you got it backwards. God made peace with you. He offered his son as reconciliation. That Jesus was figuratively and physically a peace offering between a broken world who was lost and couldn't find their way to, to, to be right with God. The birth of Christ was literally a peace offering. Luke 2.14 And glory to God in the highest of heavens and peace on earth to whom God is pleased. You guys get that, right? Like, when you love someone, do you know what you do when you're in conflict with them? Do you know what you do? When you love someone, when you have conflict with someone you love, do you know what the very best way to make things right? Give a peace offering. Say you're sorry. Buy some flowers, men. Right? Plan a sweet date night. Right? Like, ladies, bake the favorite cake. Right? Hey, I made you your favorite meal. Like, literally, that when there's a conflict, the very best way to break a conflict is for somebody to make a peace offering. Generally, that peace offering can just be, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I love you so much. I'm so, so sorry. And literally, what God was doing to the world that was in conflict with him was he was saying, let me offer you a peace offering. And he gives us Jesus. He gives us the birth of Christ. And he says, because I love you. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased with. Have you ever offered somebody a peace offering? Come on, don't lie. You know you have. Some of you are like, I ain't admitting it now. They'll think I was wrong. You were. That's why you were offering a peace offering. Men, that, you were wrong. You were wrong. Just learn to say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All right? Have you ever bought somebody Starbucks? Like, you come into the office and you bring Starbucks. I bring Starbucks to Joni a lot because I'm wrong a lot. Hey, Joni, here you go. Here's, here's, here's black iced tea, five, five Splendas. So, two, three Splendas, two Splendas, something. Have you ever offered your wife flowers, right? P.S. Uh, C.S. Lewis says, there is no peace and happiness apart from God. Jesus is God's peace offering to you and I. He is how we know God loves us and we're good with him. 
And so literally, the thing that when you gave your life to Jesus, what you were really accepting was you were accepting God's peace. And you're saying, God, I want to be at peace with you. See, I bet that would ring true for some of you this morning. This space of going, I think I just need to be at peace with God. I need to make peace with God today. I need to make peace with God. Well, let me just tell you, you, you can't make peace with God without accepting God's peace offering. That's how you make peace with God. You accept his peace offering. You say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my life, Jesus. Come be a part of my life, Jesus. That's how we accept it. You see, if we have shalom, then we have peace with God, which surpasses all understanding. Here's the second thing. Although God promises peace, there are certain things you can do to increase it. Did you know that? Like, so many people walk around, they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? They, they've got the peace of God, but they continually have conflict in their own life. And so there are certain things that you can, you can have God, you can have the peace of God, you can have Jesus in your life and still not have peace in your home. And Because there's certain things that you have to do to create peace, right? Peace comes from resolving your past. That's the second thing. Peace comes from resolving your past. Hey, Mike, I'm going to cough. That's good, right? There we go. He, he said, just give me a clue, and I'll, I'll mute you so it doesn't blow everybody up. But the peace of Christ comes from, from resolving your past. When you gave your life to Jesus, what you were trying to do was resolve your past. You get that, right? Like you were getting a future because you were resolving your past. That you had a life of, of, of giving to selfishness and serving yourself. You had that life, and you came to the end of it, and you said, oh, Jesus, I need you. And you, so you're resolving your past. And it's interesting that we can resolve our past with God by accepting Jesus and still not have peace because we refuse to resolve our past with others. Oh, it got really quiet. But this is true. This is how it works. The reason, the reason repentance and forgiveness are so important in the life of a Christian is because how, it's how we resolve our past. Repentance and forgiveness, Scripture says, leads to peace. If you want peace, you have to resolve your past. I want you to catch this. Everyone knows this. I'm about to tell you something that everyone knows. If you don't resolve your past, your past doesn't stay in the past. An unresolved past always shows up in your future and in your present. Come on. Right? right? That's true, right? If I don't resolve my past, if I have things in my past that I ignore but I don't fix, those things don't stay in my past. They always end up in my present. And sometimes they end up in my future because they'll break future relationships. Everyone knows that until you resolve your past, it will always follow you into your present. Everyone knows that time doesn't automatically fix things. Come on, this is true. Right? You can hang with me. You don't have to admit to anything this morning. I haven't asked you to admit to anything in this morning. But I guarantee you, there's a lot of you in this room that you're still dealing with the problems that you were dealing with five years ago. Maybe 10 years ago. Maybe 20 years ago. 
You've got broken relationships that have been broken for 20 years. Why? Because we refuse to fix or resolve our past. Peace comes from resolving your past. It's so amazing that you can have those broken relationships and they can be five, six, seven, eight years old, 10 years old. And it's so funny, somebody finally eventually says they're sorry and it's like, oh, we're good. Why is that? Why is it that I'm sorry, hey, please forgive me, can fix years of wrongs? But if the same is true for you and your relationships, don't you understand that the same is true for you and your relationship with God? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't say, hey, no, I'm sorry, you're going to need to do more than I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, nope, no, nope, I'm sorry, he's not going to get it done. You're going to have to recount all of your sins since you were 12. You're going to have to own them all. No, no, no. No, the, the way that peace with God comes is that you resolve your, re, your past. And the way that peace with others comes is that you resolve your past. Peace comes through forgiveness. This is at the essence of the Christian belief system. Peace comes through the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness allows people to move on. I'm sorry. I forgive you. We're good. Allows people to move on. Here is why repentance is such an important part of the Christian faith. When I fall into sin, Scripture says that I should confess. Uh, James says, confess one to another so that you may be whole. That you get a, you get a relationship with a friend and you say, hey man, <coughs> this weekend was not a good weekend. I blew it. I'm so sorry. I just didn't do it well. And the Scripture says, confess your sins one to another so that you will be whole. Or some, sometimes you'll read it in a different passage and say, so that you can be healed. You see, forgiveness is the essence of the Christian life. But forgiveness doesn't just involve forgiving and asking forgiveness of God, of Jesus, right? Like sometimes we want to ask forgiveness from God, but we don't want to ask forgiveness from our neighbor or our coworker or our friend or our family members. They know what they did, and they just need to admit to it. Do you know how powerful it is just to be able to call up the person that you have a broken relationship with and say, hey, listen, usually here's how I handle it, right? You can do it however you want to. But I always soft coat it for just a second. You know what I mean? I send a text. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, you got a few minutes to talk? And then I find out if they even want to talk to me because sometimes they just don't want to talk, Right? Hey, hey, I just, I, I just need to tell you I'm sorry. And as soon as you say, hey, I just need to tell you I'm sorry, it's amazing. They have all the time in the world to talk. You're like, yeah, I got time to talk, right? And then, then you get on the phone and you say, hey, listen, I'm not looking for you to apologize. I'm like, you do you. But I just know that I'm just tired of us having a broken relationship. Would you please forgive me? Would you forgive me for hurting you? Would you forgive me for the things I said? Would you please forgive me? And I'll tell you what. Scripture comes through every time. When I have the ability to ask for forgiveness and say I'm sorry, forgiveness comes every time. 
Do you know that? Forgiveness comes. Forgive, when, we, when you ask for forgiveness, forgiveness flows to you. Forgiveness flows through you. You see, I, I think there's three people that everybody needs to forgive. The, the first person is actually yourself. That, that most people walk around with this condemnation thing going on, and they'll ask other people for forgiveness, or maybe they just forgiveness for, uh, they, they, um, like keep forgiveness at bay on a regular basis. But generally, the first person you need to learn to forgive is yourself. First John says, so we're lying to ourselves if we say that we have fellowship with God, but we live in spiritual darkness because we're not practicing the truth. It's saying we're not practicing what we believe. So I really think the very first person that you need to learn to forgive is you need to come to that place where you can just go, hey man, Paul, you're good. I forgive you. Like learn to forgive yourself. The second place that you need to learn to forgive is you need to learn to be able to forgive others. So you need to learn to forgive yourself. You need to learn to forgive others. 1 John 4.20 says, If someone says, I love God, but they hate their fellow believers, that person's a liar. I, I love John because he, he doesn't, like, doesn't soft-coat anything. He's like, if somebody says they love God, but they hate people, that, that person's a liar because the truth of God is not in them. How can we love God whom we can't see if we don't love people whom we can see. You see, forgiveness starts by forgiving yourself. Forgiveness starts by forgiving others. And then forgiveness starts by accepting God's forgiveness. 1 John 1.8 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. That forgiveness, that how do you receive Forgiveness. You ask for it. How do you receive forgiveness? You grant it. How do you receive forgiveness? You accept it. That's how forgiveness works. Here's the last one. You see, in a kingdom culture, peace with God starts with faith in Jesus. That's where it starts. That's where it comes from. Romans 3.22. But we are made right with God when we place our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are or what you've done. I love that passage. Because in this room, I bet we've done a lot. Oh, you guys are quiet this morning. I'm not sure how this one's going to go. But the truth is this. You get a room full of people like this in a room, and then you start confessing your sins, and pretty soon you're like, whoa, I don't even feel guilty. I was feeling guilty before, but you did way more than I ever did. You know? That's the great part. And Romans says that God is just. He'll give you forgiveness for whoever you are and whatever you've done. Peace with God begins with Jesus. Here's the crazy part. I think this is nuts. How often people are trying to find peace and ignoring their relationship with God. Even in this room today. It's going to be nuts. In a minute, I'm going to say, let's pray about that. And there are literally people who are, today, you don't have peace, and you continue to ignore your relationship with God. You continue to ignore Jesus. And yet, you want peace. And literally, peace comes through one person. It comes through Jesus. And so no matter who you are today, no matter what you've done today, that 
If you want peace, surrender your life to Jesus. If you want peace, find Jesus. There's an old bumper sticker that came out of the 80s, I believe. And I say it came out of the 80s because I'm a child of the 80s. It might have came out of the 70s. I don't know. I saw it in the 80s. And it literally just said, know Jesus, as in K-N-O-W, know Jesus, you know peace. Know Jesus, N-O, know peace. Know Jesus and you will know peace. But if you have no Jesus in your life, you will have no peace. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Peace comes through Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything, anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up. And I want to pray for peace for you. That if you're this morning struggling with anxiety, I want you to know that you can receive peace. This morning, if you have a lot going on in your life and you feel super overwhelmed and you feel like you can't catch your breath, I want you to know the promise of Scripture is that you can pray to experience God's peace. If you're worried about your family, you can pray for God's peace. If you're worried about a relationship, you can pray for God's peace. Here's how it should be working in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God should be a place where we can ask for and receive God's peace. Would you do me a favor right now? I was going to do service in the, a, a little bit different. Would you just stand up with me right now? There's this new song. It's my, maybe my favorite song right now. And it's called I Speak Jesus. I don't know if you've heard it or not. It has incredible words. In just a second, it's going to say, I speak Jesus over my family. I speak Jesus over my friends. And as you hear this song, I want you to start praying for your friends, and I want you to start praying for your family. I want you to start speaking Jesus. But would you put your hands out right now? Here's what this is. In the vineyard, we do this a lot. If you're not familiar with vineyard churches, in the vineyard we always say, hey, put your hands out, put your hands out. It, it really is this sign that we're receiving. We're going to receive today. I'm going to pray that if you have not experienced the peace of God, you've given your life to Jesus, but you're not experiencing the peace of God, I'm going to pray that you would experience it. Like, almost like you would feel somebody put something in your hand, and your hand would go, Hunk. like you're going to feel in just a second, you're going to feel like God give you something like a gift. And I'm going to pray that God would just literally place the peace of Christ in your hands. Okay, let's pray real quick. Lord God, come Holy Spirit. Come. Lord, you said that you would give us the peace of Christ which would surpass all understanding. Right now, right now, Lord, I have friends who have walked in here who are full of anxiety. Their life is in chaos and they're struggling. 
Lord, even if it's for a moment, even for it's for 30 minutes, would you grant them your peace that would just calm their souls? Holy Spirit, come. Come fill this room. Come fill this place. Grant us your peace. Lord, as we listen to the words of this song and then as we sing the words of this song, Lord, we speak Jesus. Jesus, the one who surpasses all of our understanding. You gave us your son. You gave us Jesus as a peace offering. And Lord, we would come and we'd say, Lord, we accept your peace offering. That we would be made right with Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. And our ministry team shows up on Sundays just so that we pray with you. How many of you have, and I'm not asking, this is not, hey, if you raise your hand, I'm, I'm asking you to come down. But how many of you this morning would say, Lord, I would, I would take some peace. I would take some peace. Okay. All right, I'm going to pray peace. And then when I'm done, I'm going to dismiss service. But I do believe that when James says that you share your prayer request with someone else, that then healing comes. And so there's some of you that, like, I'm just saying, hey, even though I'm done praying, even though I dismiss service, I just think some of you should make your way down and let us pray for you. Let us pray for what's ever coming up this week. Whatever you're going through that's causing the anxiety, don't walk out of here and be like, hey, I'm good, I got it. Me and God, me and God, we got it. No, no, I, like, that's good. But there's something about where two or more are gathered together where you share your, in faith, you share with what's going on in your life so that we can be praying with you so that this week that we can check and say, hey, how's that going? How are you doing? How's those things going? And here's what happens. When you know that somebody's with you, your anxiety comes down. When you're doing life by yourself, it leaves anxiety. It's like, I don't know how I'm gonna handle this. I don't know how this thing's gonna go. But if you just have, I just have one person who's praying with me. I have a buddy and he texts me almost every week on Tuesdays. Hey, Paul, how you doing? I look for that text. I love that text because I know that I've got somebody praying for me. So right now, Lord, we come before you. Lord, we just want to speak the name of Jesus. Lord, that we want to crush anxiety this morning. We want to crush fear this morning. Lord, we want to see you heal relationships. Most of all, God, I want to see you heal the relationships that we have broken between us and you. Mm. Come, Holy Spirit. Come heal our relationships with you. That Jesus, that we would confess that we are sinners and that we need you. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your peace offering. That this morning that we would say we accept your peace offering. You are the Prince of Peace. Would you bring and fill our hearts full of your peace, the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding as we trust you with our lives, God. Lord, today would you convict us of those broken relationships that we need to heal, that we need to ask for forgiveness for, that we need to accept forgiveness from. Lord, we speak the name of Jesus. In you, you are the Prince of Peace. Come, Holy Spirit. 
all of those hands that went up. Would you fill our hearts with your peace? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd really encourage you. Let us pray with you before you go. Before you go, let us just spend a couple minutes and just gather in Jesus' name and just believe that God has good things for you. God bless. Hey, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. If you find this tool valuable and would like to support this ministry, you can do so easily through our DTV app or on our website, dtvchurch.org forward slash give. God bless you and have a great rest of your week.